Forget first to do it, last to renew it. Let's talk about the possibility of C.J. Stroud becoming the first rookie quarterback in Texans franchise history to throw for 3K. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers from the Himalayas. I am John, some sports guy, Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own Houston Texan and Houston Rocket credential media member, Cody Davis. And if you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, do us a favor. Make sure you are following the Locked On Texan Podcast on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Subscribe on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, you can catch us on wherever you listen to your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. Shout out to my man, really quick, Smash Paul 31 on 08 on YouTube in the comments. Mm. We normally save the YouTube comments for later in the week, but my man commented and said, Hey guys, I'm gonna need that Ryan's intro again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Cody went ahead and delivered. So shout out to him for you know speaking that up for today's podcast. CJ Stroud, will he throw? for 3,000 passing yards, which would be a franchise record for the Houston Texans. And then we also will take a look at does it make sense for the Texans to start the season with Stroud on the bench? (laughs) That was not my idea, ladies and gentlemen, but I think it's a conversation worth having, especially in this slow grind period. When you look at the Houston Texans, and who has the current rookie record for most passing yards in a season. You guys may love them at one point, and then you may mm. hate them last year. Mm. Davis Mills mm. holds the record for this very young franchise who, by the way, has only had Derek Carr, well, David Carr, excuse me, and then many years later, Deshaun Watson, and then Davis. They've only had a handful of rookie quarterbacks, but – Davis Mills holds that record with, I think, uh, just a little bit over 2,600 passing yards. Mm-hmm. Now you look at C.J. Stroud, the number two overall pick. Is it likely that he surpasses the rookie record for the Houston Texans and, and go ahead and get that 3K? It all depends on how much Coach D'Amico Rines and Bobby Slowey will trust C.J. Stroud right off the bat. Um, because you have to look at it from the standpoint of when you consider, are you, are we are all expecting the Houston Texans to run a similar offense, similar to what San Fran has been doing over the last couple of seasons? We know how much the run game is important to San Fran. And then when you take a look here in the city of Houston, of course, with, um, Damian Pierce, and now you added 
Devin Singletary, the run game is going to play a crucial role in that as well. Um, and then, John, almost every single week, you and I talked about the possibility of whether or not CJ will actually have enough weapons when you look at his wide receiving core. We talked about it time and time again. Yes, going into training camp at the start of OTAs that started on yesterday and later on today, we will have an opportunity to see some of these guys literally in action this time. I do want to mention the Houston Texans will let us watch the whole entire practice or majority of practice. So, we, we will have some, some better footage for you guys moving forward. But as the Houston Texans start OTAs going into training camp and at the start of the 2023 campaign, um, this wide receiving core is still kind of subpar. You go back and you take a look at the last two rookie quarterbacks who not only reached that milestone, but it also helped them win offensive rookie of the year. You have to take a look at Justin Herbert, who had a phenomenal rookie campaign in 2020. He threw for over 4K. And then you have to go and take a look at Kyler Murray. He finished his rookie campaign with a little over 3,000. The reason why I'm looking at those two guys, because when you take a look at Justin Herbert, he had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams as his wide receivers in his rookie campaign. And John, when you and I talked about this wide receiving core last week, I mentioned that it is very important for a rookie quarterback to rely upon veteran wide receivers to be the to, to, to for that to be his number one target and possibly number two target as well. So Justin Herbert had that in Los Angeles. Kyler Murray, he really didn't have that in Arizona during his rookie campaign. That was the last year of Larry Fitzgerald. He led the team with 804 yards. Second on the list was Christian Kirk at 709. And third on that list was David Johnson with almost 400 receiving yards that season. So it all depends on whether or not the Houston Texans coaching staff trust CJ. And of course, as I just mentioned, it also depends on how much of the run game are they going to depend on, especially during those first, let's say five to six weeks when it's going to be very important for CJ to try to find his groove in the NFL. Who do we think CJ's favorite target is going to be the first half of the season? I'm going it to doesn't go matter who we think it's going to be. <laughs> Yes, he's going to go out there and throw for 3,000 yards in a 17-game season. Like, I'm looking at some of the numbers right now. Gardner Minshew in 14 games threw for over 3,000 uh, his rookie season. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm looking at Geno Smith, his rookie season in New York, over 3,000. Daniel Jones, his rookie season in 13 games, over 3,000. Uh, I'm looking at Brandon Whedon, his rookie season, 3,300 passing yards. So, like, I, I, I get it. Mac Jones, 3,800 passing yards. Uh, Jameis Winston, 4,000. And a lot of these quarterbacks that are throwing for the 3K have been playing in the past 20 years. Of course, mm -hmm. we've seen more modernized football, specifically in the past 15 years. <clears throat> that said, listen, if he goes out there and plays – 17 games. I don't see why not. I don't like I see if he goes out there and you know, I, I don't see him having a, a game where like Davis Mills in his rookie year where he's only throwing for 49 yards or 87 yards and blowout wins and having to come in as a relief guy. He's going to be the starter. Plain and simple. I don't necessarily think it's going to take a lot from the wide receiver court. 
I think those guys just need to go out there and do their job. And I think that Bobby Sloick and the offensive side of the ball, that staff just needs to put their players in a position to go out there and and, and find those matchups that, that they can win. And so I think the conversation on whether or not uh, we'll, we'll see him go out there and throw for 3K, absolutely. Like, I look at – Brock Purdy, he threw for 1,300 yards in a sample size game. Brock Purdy only played in, let's see, how many games last season? He played in like a total, I think, five regular and two in postseason, I want to say. From nine nine games in 1,300 yards. In some of those games, he was limited because they didn't necessarily trust him. Came in as a relief guy. Well, it's a second overall pick for this team that desperately needs a quarterback. I don't see no other way around it. Well, Brock also had better weapons than what CJ is walking in as well. That's why I made those comparisons between Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. I'm pretty sure if Kyler Murray had the weapons that Herbert had or had the weapons that Brock had, he probably would have finished his rookie campaign with over 3K. Um, But at the same time, you have to look at what he was working with. And I understand it. With the addition of Dalton, the Texans tight end core is better. The Texans run game is better entering the 2023 campaign. But when you when you consider that wide receiving core, when you consider the fact, John, I know you just said who's going to possibly be his number one target the first half of the season. I'm expecting that to be Nico Collins, but we still don't know what the best version of Nico Collins is. So it, it's let's look at it like this. Here's the positive to bring. And by the way, out. once again, I know people might hear this conversation and think to themselves, well, of course he's going to do. It. No Houston Texans rookie has never Ever. done this. Never. Right. So it's, it's it's not like you have a reference point to go back to and say, well, if this guy did it in CJ. Now I understand right now, Deshaun would have done it. What was that in 17? But yeah. unfortunately, he got hurt. Injury. Right now, the only reference that this team can go off of in terms of the record holder is Davis Mills, who's still on the <laughs> roster, by the way. But I think the positive we can take out of this is we had an opportunity to see what the San Francisco 49ers was able to do mm-hmm. with Brock Purdy later in the season when they had no other choice. And they put an offense together that had a lot of motion, a lot of misdirections, and that helped out the offense. And you saw – Brock Purdy go out there and have games of 210 yards, 217, 284, 234, three touchdowns, no interceptions, two here. So, like, if Brock Purdy can do it, and in the playoffs against Seattle, he threw for over 300 yards and three TDs and one rushing touchdown, by the way. Phenomenal game. But if Brock Purdy can go out there and do it, I'm sorry. I could be a prisoner of the moment. I could be a prisoner of just expecting a number two overall pick to go out there and at the very least through 17 games be able to replicate the same things that made Brock Purdy successful. So I look at Bobby Sloan. I look at the offensive staff that they have. But I wholeheartedly believe C.J. Stroud can do what Brock Purdy did and much more. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You go out there. If you want to bet on whether or not Jokic, you want to drop four threes and ten assists, you can do that. What will 
Jamal Murray doing the fourth quarter. You can also do that as well. There's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action right now than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bid up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. Let's just go ahead and get this conversation out the way. John, put your glasses back on. Listeners, do not turn this off. Listeners, do not attack us in the comments. Don't attack us on Twitter or whatever the case might be. Let's just go ahead and get this conversation out the way right now because it is May 23rd, 2023. And we know for the next three and a half months, we're going to have to listen to Nick Casario, Bobby Sloyd, D'Amico Rines, Johnson, the quarterback coach, and whoever else downplay whether or not C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in week one. With that being said, I do think we should at least talk about what C.J. can possibly benefit if the Houston Texans decide to start Davis Mills for the first couple of weeks to give CJ Stroud an opportunity to learn a game from afar, John, stop looking at me like that. So with that being said, I I do want to visit Davis Mills because regardless of what you think about Mills, the one thing that you cannot take away from him is the fact that every single time, it didn't matter if it came in his rookie campaign in 2021 or during his sophomore campaign last season, every time he was benched, when he came back, the young man got better. Um, I believe this interview took place leading up to or after the game against the Dallas Cowboys. That was his very first game back after he got benched for Kyle Allen. Had a phenomenal game, almost led the Houston Texans to a victory. So the next week, they was getting ready to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I had an opportunity to ask Davis Mills, you know, what was the difference between his play prior to his benching and what he saw differently against the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, I hope we get similar results to last year. Um, Felt like last year when I was able to come back for the second time, played really well at the end of season. Um, So these past two weeks really just allowed me to sit back and continue to learn um, early on in the season. As the season progresses, kind of, uh, whirlwind of everything as you play a game, watch the film immediately after the game, and then you're quickly on to the next opponent. So there's not a time to really sit there and evaluate what you're doing. You're just trying to um, continue to progress as the season goes. But these last two weeks really allowed me to sit back and kind of start piecing some more things together in my mind of what it takes to be successful out there. And hopefully um, we can fall back to those fundamentals that I've been um doing my whole life and it's perhaps uh, taught me since I've been here in Houston to go out there and play, play successful football. John, I'm going to let you take it away because I know you're about to carry on, but I just want to just put this out there and say there might be a benefit of CJ Stroud at least starting the first, what, three to four weeks on the bench to continue learning the NFL. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, in the preseason. <laughs> let, him, let, him, let him come off the bench in the preseason. In the preseason, so you're gonna just throw him out there week one. No, no preseason, listen, or nothing. What you get? Uh three preseason. You get three games preseason now. games. Then that's always that one. Half, let him come <laughs> off, you know. But let's so for Davis Mills, he needs to go ahead and get adjusted to the speed of the game from the bench, honestly. Uh 
And that's no disrespect to Davis Mills. Like he was a guy that came in, and when you look at the possible su- success of this franchise five years from now, you got to mention Davis Mills' name. Like <laughs> if CJ Stroud goes out there and he is what we believe he will be, and this team puts together something, you know, phenomenal. There's no way you can mention C.J. Stroud's name without mentioning the fact that Davis Mills in his second year in this franchise mm. was so bad. Kyle Allen had to go out there and lose <laughs> games. Jeff Driscoll had to go out there and contribute to losing games. And Davis Mills was also out there losing games. I think that if we're being honest and realistic, for, for Mills, the benefit that he can have – well, for C.J. Stroud, the benefit that he would have – from Davis Mills, there is benefit there. Davis Mills is the guy that came in in terrible situations, had some a couple of ups, had a lot of downs, but was there to understand how this NFL works, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that going into his third year, this is why I believe that there is no reason why the Texans should trade him. He does have some value in knowledge. He does have some value in game repetition. He does have value – as a rookie just a couple of seasons ago and understanding that this ain't college no more. And he's a guy that, you know, he didn't play a lot of college. So it was really a big adjustment for him. So I don't want to take that away from him. Like I do believe that if they get into that, you know, quarterback room, Davis Mills, Case Keenum, and now CJ Stroud, I believe that that could be a brain trust for the young rookie. Right. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest. The Panthers said Andy Dalton was their QB one. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Do we think that Andy Dalton is going to be the quarterback for this team this year? Absolutely not. That's why they traded up from for number one to go get Bryce Young. Houston got C.J. Stroud at number two. I think Davis Mills could be a, a great teacher. And teachers are, you know, kind of retired from what the children do from the students. They let the students be the students and they teach and he needs to go ahead and get ready to teach from the sideline, and we can't act like there isn't some value in that. Like, he's a guy that played in a couple of different systems, a, a couple of, you know, two se- two seasons with no real receiver help, no tight end help, no running help. And so now I think that he'd be able to take a step back and say, hey, CJ, when things aren't going perfectly, here was some of the things that I did, which was seldom, but he did do, that allowed me to get a groove in the game, that allowed us to be able to move the chains when the run is breaking down and you don't have a receiver that's just out there outright winning one-on-one battles. That's some value. There's no value in, in Davis Mills being the number one starter for this team week one, unless it's preseason week one. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I don't want to see number 10 walk out on that field September 11th, September 12th, whatever the first week is. I think the 10th, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Whatever. It's somewhere around that time. <laughs> no. Be prepared to be a coach from the sideline in their quarterback room. And that's value. Hmm. Well, well, let me just say this. Before I give my take, I do want to say I do not believe that CJ Stroud. You got more takes from Davis Mills? <laughs> no. No. This, this is not a discussion about Davis Mills. This is about CJ Stroud, the number two overall pick of the 2023 NFL draft. But I, I, I want to say this, though. I think the best teacher is experience. And I'm not on board starting CJ Stroud on the bench those first couple of weeks because 
those first couple of weeks are going to be very crucial for CJ Stroud's development. And John, like you just alluded to, if CJ is the quarterback that we think he's going to be, you go ahead and throw him out there from week one and let him learn from his mistakes. I think that's the best thing you can do because the one thing I think the Houston Texans kind of like failed Davis Mills in is the fact that by the time he really started to be the starter for the Texans, um, going back to his rookie season after Tyrod Taylor got hurt, a lot of the a lot of the defenses and the schemes and stuff, they was already in the groove. And then, of course, you also got to look at the fact that the Houston Texans wasn't a talented team. And outside of Brandon Cooks, he really didn't have nobody he can trust on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I do want to keep that in mind. However, I don't want to downplay the importance that Davis Mills did point out as to why it was important for him and how much he benefited from when he got benched learning from the side, how the game slowed down for him. I just want to give you guys some quick numbers before moving on. Um, Davis Mills, prior to his bench in last season, he completed a – his passing percentage was somewhere in the ballpark of 55 to 58%. When he came back, it went up to about 60 to 61. And during his rookie campaign, after he came back as the starter, Davis Mills threw for almost 13,000 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and we already know how good he looked in those last five games that gave this organization the chance to say, you know what, let's see what we got in Davis Mills. And I I, I wouldn't be mad if that's the mindset that the Texans have because, listen, we literally just heard Jalen Green say on the Paul George podcast that the biggest adjustment for him in his rookie season and some halfway through his sophomore season was the speed of the NBA. And that's one of the things that Davis Mills pointed out was the speed of the NFL. Sitting back, learning from Tyrod Taylor, Kyle Allen, Jeff Driscoll gave him an opportunity to make those adjustments mentally, to get used to the speed. And that's something that CJ Stroud could benefit from. But once again, week one, of the 2023 campaign, I would like to see C.J. Stroud be the starter. I want to throw that out there. I want to give another disclaimer. You know what Davis Mills would need in order to be the starter for this team week one? What? Family. <laughs> Welcome back in, Locked on Texan listeners and viewers. Whether you're listening in the car on the way to work or watching at home, if you're one of those remote workers, and I am jealous of you. Mm. Thank you for you know stopping by and watching us today on the podcast um august 19th the houston texans play the miami dolphins it's been a couple of seasons since the texans have hosted a joint practice hmm. would it make sense to host a joint practice with the miami dolphins mike mcdaniels D'Amico ryan's all coming over from san france to their respective franchises like mike mcdaniels is in, in miami D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. I don't want to say if, if it would make sense. I just think it would be an intriguing week, like two guys that knows each other. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's coming over to be the defensive coordinator. We are all expecting for him to, you know, plant his identity in this defense and this entire team, but specifically the defense. And then we had an opportunity to see when the Miami Dolphins was healthy last year, mm. the Mike McDaniel's offense Oof. that got them out out of what was it, seven seven and two out of the I game. Think it was seven two seventy three, like and so I think that'll be fun. Like two guys, two cool coaches, two coaches that young, a lot of the younger players really like and relate to, and 
you know, this will be the first time in a couple of seasons where Houston had that joint practice. Uh, COVID ruined it. 2020 ruining for everybody. Uh, 2021, yeah. 2022 is optional. It was Cully and Lovey and, and we know. <laughs> they they didn't want to take them out in public. <laughs> not not David Cully, at least. And so I just think Especially that's at that time. Intriguing. No, no, not at all. That's when he was. Uh, that's what he was. The he most important thing team. about the football is the football. <laughs> and my favorite one of all, if we go three and out, we be all right. <laughs> But getting back to the show, man, um, I would love if the Houston Texans hold another joint practice, um, especially because they a lot of the franchise cornerstone players like CJ we've been talking about throughout this whole entire show, Damian Pierce, to see whether or not he's healthy. Um, same thing for um, Derek Stingley Jr., Jalen Petrie, um, you know, John, one of my biggest things of saying, you know, whether or not CJ should come off the bench or not is whether or not he's going to have an opportunity to get adjusted to the game. Um, I, I hate the fact that the NFL dropped that one preseason game off um, because I, I kind of felt like that that was one of, if not the most important dress rehearsal for any franchise. Didn't matter where you was on the team. And I think a joint practice was just give a lot of the young guys, especially CJ, an opportunity to really find their groove on the NFL level. And I also don't want to just limit this to rookies and sophomore guys. Uh, you know, we talked about a lot on this show how this could be a make or break year for Jonathan Gennard, Miko Collins, Roy Lopez. A joint practice can kind of, they could benefit from a joint practice as well. Yeah, and the last joint practice for oh Houston, <laughs> uh, one of the more memorable moments in um, was that what was it? What was the year the they was on the uh, hard knocks? Hard knocks. One of the more memorable moments in hard knocks history. DeAndre Hopkins, mm. D'Angelo Hall, they get into it. D'Angelo Hall is talking, and this is when D Hop was like undoubtedly Man. number one in the league. He calls D Hop out after they got into a scuffle. I fear God, the very next opportunity that D Hall and D Hop had with one another, unfortunately, D Hall had to retire because of a route <laughs> that was ran by D Hop. So Ooh. I think that'll be fun, man. Get opportunity to see the rookie quarterback against. What Miami is trying to do, get Damian Pierce out there. Oh, that'll be really good because be Miami fun. just added um um Ramsey. Jalen oh, Ramsey. Ramsey is out in Miami. Defense. Oof. Um I'll see what Ramsey got. And look, I, I know this Ramsey is maybe moving to safety soon. You think so? Oh man. We're gonna see after this year. <laughs> oh man. But him and Xavier him and him and Xavier Howard. No, they, they need to make they need to make that that joint happen. They need to make that joint practice happen now, so CJ can get all his mistakes out now. <laughs> and they just have it on replay every time you walk into the locker room. Yep, see have it on did. replay. Have it on replay. See what you we'll, did. We'll be there if it's you know Miami coming to Houston for that preseason game, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll be there. We'll be tweeting and stuff. Oh man, you know another interception. Just go ahead and get the mistake. So then, come week one of the regular season, you're the it's star. Baltimore. Oh man, Baltimore, you'd be ready. That's all I'm saying. This is my pitch. This is my pitch. Uh, thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texan. Also, take those same couple of thumbs that you have, even if you only have one. You carry your phone with one hand, anyways. But scroll on over to YouTube, type in Locked On Texans, subscribe, like, and comment.
And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay mellow. Hmm. Peace.